why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. It's Pastor Down. You straight punk bitch! I mean, you're just gonna replace me. Shut up! Random Morales, the biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere! Why do I have to have a buzzer? You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome. Here we are. It is a Tuesday night, as we record this anyway, Tuesday, 18 October 2022. For those of you who are not in the United States of America, I think that's how most of you would list the date. It's the Greg DeMarco Show with Greg DeMarco. Patrick O'Dowd talking some wrestling. A lot of good feedback from last week's non-theme or non-WB theme song episode of the show. It, of course, took the entire show, but Patrick... Some people liked it. May have even inspired some upcoming columns on some wrestling websites, I've been told. Oh, no. Look at us authors. go. They're Any, like, I think anybody, I'm going to do this. So. Anybody, like, passionate about something we didn't have no. on the list? Like, no. If favorite? we do the WWE version, which I almost suggested for today's show, um, but I know it'll take an entire episode again because uh, we'd have to episode. do the same justice, um, I think that would probably – you know, yeah. cause some, I think for most people it was more nostalgic and fun, but I think that if we did the WWE version, Man. then you might get that. Oh, how could you leave off blank? And, and right. Well, and, and the list is only six people. Like there's only six. So, and we really... still played 13 in on the episode. Well, plus a few and others. Honestly, that we you talk, you talked about the WWE. I, that's, to, to bandwagon nerds, that's a project thing. Like that, like you could do that by decade easily with the eighties, nineties, yeah, first could. two decades, two thousands. Like, but we're not necessarily again. That's not. It's not meant to be the top. Oh no, no, of all I agree. Time when we do it, I'm, what you guys I'm do, just saying, and the research that that most of you appear to put in when you put those lists together, I and probably all of you, probably not just most of you. Um, like it's just a different it, thing. That is way more serious than our list that we Absolutely, do. Absolutely, as evidenced by this week's list. I like this week's list. I think this week's list. I'm excited good. for this week's list too. Yeah, it should be good. It's it's it's, it's Patrick list that's for sure, and I think it's perfect. And I think I'm gonna have a lot of fun with it. I think we're gonna have a lot of fun with it, just like we're gonna have a lot of fun with everything on this week's show. Real quick, you know what? Open up your phone or your computer, or probably your phone. Hop into your Twitter app. And go ahead and type these letters in. That's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. I did not speak a typo. Okay. It wasn't a speako. 
I know misspoke, but whatever. Speako sounds better. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in realist for the wrestling realist, Patrick O'Dowd. Go give him a follow so he can have a human and not a bot. Although I think a lot of your bots, and I, don't, I haven't gone in to, to compare, they followed me as well. I have seen a massive oh, good. bot influx on the Instagram oh, it's, as of late. It's insane. Um, on the gram, but I think a lot of them are quickly going away. Um, a couple years yeah, ago, Twitter, I appeared on Twitter a needs to get its shit together. Yeah, no, they don't. It's Twitter. Who gives a fuck. Um, a couple years ago, I appeared on a podcast, and the person who reached out to me the other day sends me a, a, a message like, "Hi, how are you?" And I'm like, "I'm fine." And I was like, "Who is this person?" And I scroll back and I see the guy. I was like, "Oh, this person set up like a podcast every years ago." And then it was like, "Nice to meet you." And I'm like, "This is weird." And then like an hour later, it was like Facebook user, which means they got booted, which means somebody probably hacked somebody's account or something like that, fished their password yeah. and took over and was going through all their old messages. Who knows? But um, what sucks for whoever had the real account, because now it's gone and Facebook don't care. So you can create a new one, find all those friends again. Good luck with that. Uh, I'm close to, right. you know, you can follow me at ChairShot Greg on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm like going to max out on the Facebook. And then I don't know what Look I did. you. Like, do I, it's been close for a while. And then I got super picky. Um, and then I don't know what I, would I mean, do. you might, you might need to, do, you might need to do a little purging, but like that takes time. It does. I'm just saying, that. you know, like, that's your call. I'm just like, that? see, you, you should have just remained in obscurity like I did. And then you'd be okay. I'm 250 away from maxing out the Facebook. Right. I'm not even close to that. So that, which is still what? 5%. Of, of who can follow you, who you can be friends with. And then it's like, right. so you can make it a page, you can do whatever. I, the pages are different now. I don't know. I, I have no clue. I don't care. I mean, I do care, but I don't care. I don't care enough. How about that? I don't care enough. Fair. This show is also part of the Chair Shot Radio Network, which you can hear all across your major podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeart, and so many more. Just like, subscribe, leave that five star review, hit that little notifications button. You can get the show whenever it comes out. You can also head on over to thechairshot.com. We've got wrestling reviews, opinions, analysis. It's sports, it's entertainment, it's sports entertainment. All right there for you, our loyal listener at thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. So we are going to be having some fun this week. We're going to talk about um, a topic that I, I want to, you know, Fair and equitable. Sometimes we go hard at people and, and we have the no one gets out alive episode. Sometimes we don't plan to go hard at people and it just happens and that could happen today too. But I wanted us to be fair and equitable towards WWE and AEW. And and if you've listened to this show ever, you know we feel a stronger connection towards one of those companies than the other. That's just a fact. And and we own that. We, we own that completely. But today we are going to be fair and equitable, we are going to give equal time to all, and, and we are going to give you what we believe, each one of us, is one thing that the WWE is doing well, one thing that AEW is doing well, and then one thing that WWE is doing poorly, and one thing that AEW is doing poorly. So we are going to be fair and equitable and talk of the good and the bad of both companies 
We could go good, bad, and ugly, but then basically it's two bad and one good. And that's just too yeah, much on Twitter for me. Rough. I can't do that. Um, because right. that's just too negative. And, and we're trying to be positive here. So, you know, like this. Always make me smile, no matter what happens. So, we are going to do that. Uh, one good, one bad. But before we do, I mean, you guys know what to do, right? Since you already have your phone out because you went and, to, and you, you, you went on Twitter and you typed in the search bar W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T and you followed Patrick O'Dowd. I mean, Patrick O'Dowd, 24 hours from now, you, your follower counts through the roof. It's going to be crazy. Yes. And, like it has been every other time you dropped by. But, but this is a serious push. I, I right? Like this is – That's a real deal. I, I, yeah, I pulled I what WWE did 12 years ago when they had their app or whatever. Michael Cole was like, take out your phone and go to the app store. There's this thing called the app store on your phone and you can download our app. It's an app that goes on your phone. Um Man, things have changed so much. Really, they, they really with, have. With technology. Now Michael Cole is like calling matches and entertaining the masses. And, and apparently tonight on NXT, Vic Joseph brought up the fact that Carl Anderson is currently a champion in Japan. So yeah, my how things oh! have changed. I know. Um, like they literally will bring up like companies that people have worked for in the past. They'll say names of people that work for other companies now and don't even matter. Um, yep. they're, they're telling you what indies people worked for on commentary. Like it's insane. So I love it. It's it is kind of weird to watch the WWE acknowledge that other wrestling companies exist. Yeah, I know. And like literally like, like LA Knight was wrestling on SmackDown and, 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 uh, Michael Cole was talking about his past in championship wrestling from Hollywood, not impact wrestling, yep. not anywhere else, but championship wrestling from Hollywood. Like that's amazing. I love yeah. it. And, and so. You know, it makes me quite happy. I think he taught, they, they think they talked about Otis wrestling for, was it New Revolution Wrestling or NRW? Something like that over wow. in Colorado, which some of our talent in IZW works out of. So that's always very exciting. But anyway, take out your phone, point your browser to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Let it load. Close whatever the pop-up is because they always have a pop-up at Pro Wrestling Tees. It's not an, it's not a bad pop-up. It's just something for their their business. And pick up one of those chair shot T-shirts. Maybe it's one of the logo shirts. Maybe it's an always use your head shirt. Maybe it's 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 one of the shirts for the podcast. Maybe it's one of the funny shirts. Who knows? But pick one up. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. It'll be super comfortable. It'll last a long time. You can get it in soft style. You can get a tank top. You can get whatever you want. And you'll be supporting our massive efforts here at thechairshot.com. Like I've said before, websites don't grow on trees. Everything you do helps. That's why you hear things like commercials during podcasts. Everything that, that we do uh, is supported by you, and we appreciate that. So go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot. And you know something? If you happen to be listening to this and you happen to be in or Okay, so I don't know where you all took off stops. Basically, my mic went out. So that's a new one. I don't think I've ever had the mic. You go haven't out. you haven't demarcoed the podcast in a while. Well, even so, it's usually not that. Like it might be the voice meter stops recording. It right. could be Zoom. Zoom would kick me off routinely for like a month at some point. Every right, podcast right. we went through that. Um, Remember there's the lots hour of time different limit? things that can hit. What's that? The hour time limit. Oh God, I missed that. Um, yeah, the the remember the blog those, talk radio the time days. limit. Yes. 
Blog Talk Radio, that bitch. We used to always make fun of her. God, that was so much fun. She was, she was so angry. She was, like, so rude. I wonder if she's still there. All British and stuff. She probably got laid off, um, which is usually what happens in businesses these days. Yeah. But anyway, my mic didn't work, so now it works. I just had to unplug and replug it in. So all should be well. Patrick O'Dowd, wonderful nonverbal communication. I immediately knew something was wrong. So, so I don't know right. where you let, but, but I know from what I believe, you did understand that you should go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash a chair shot and pick up a chair shot t-shirt. What you may not know is that I was saying if you live in or around the state of Arizona, you should go to IZWWrestling.com and pick up a ticket or two. Nobody for an event that. called – what's that? Nobody heard that. Okay, good. Well, they're hearing it now. <laughs> if you are in or around the state of Arizona, you should go to IZWWrestling.com or on social media at IZWWrestlingAZ where there's plenty of links and you can pick up a ticket – to an event called Wanted, Dead or Alive. Yeah, it's a song reference. We have a couple of different shows that are song references, and, and this is one of them. Um, but, you know, that's the theme of, of the posters and everything, too, so it's really cool. But Saturday, November 12th, that's Veterans Day weekend. Of course, most of you probably have off on Friday, November 11th. So if you need to make a drive, make a drive. It's cool. We are going to be making our first appearance at the Horny Toad in Glendale, Arizona. It is a beautiful facility. Quite larger than what we've been running before, but a full menu. You can drink, you can eat, you can have lots of fun. Uh, more seating than we had at the Sun Studio, so we kept packing that thing out, so now we got more room. Front row VIP is all sold out, which I'm very excited about because this event is 30 minutes to the west of where we were before, but yet people have followed and, and are um, and, and are coming and, and being a part of that. So I'm very excited to see everybody there. General admission is still available. Pick that up. We're going to have the first steel cage match in IZW. Uh, Patriot, I'm promoting a steel cage match. Did you ever think that I would be promoting a steel cage match here in the world of professional Someday. Wrestling? But here so, we are. Someday. That, that someday is now... Saturday, November yep. the 12th, a little over four weeks away, um, between the members of Final Destination, Charles Cassius, Evan Daniels, and Bryce Saturn, versus the Regulators featuring EJ Sparks, DeShade, and the IZW World Heavyweight Champion, Thug Nipissin. We also have the IZW Women's World, World Women's Champion, Bryn Thorne, defending her championship against Lilith Grimm. They fought twice before Patrick O'Dowd, and both times. They have not come to a conclusion. The first match was, was, was a no contest. Second one was thrown out in Coolidge because they were literally fighting all over the building. So Derek Montia being Derek Montia said, you want to fight all over the building? Fine. Fight all over the building because your match will be false count anywhere. And, uh, it's quite the, quite the venue to have false count anywhere because there's lots they can do there. Lots of places they can go. We also have the crowning of the first ever IZW 3D Sports. Thanks to our sponsor, 3D Sports Fighting Championship. What that means, uh, what the, the, the power that Derek Montia teased in his promo at that championship holds will be revealed on Saturday, November 12th. So come on out, check it out, see all the action. IZWWrestling.com at IZWWrestling on social media. Grab some tickets. They're going. We, we've sold more general admission than normal. At this point, general admission was selling faster even before VIP sold out, which is weird. And it's all new names that I haven't seen before. So very excited about that. Excited to see these new names and faces at our event. So we have a place we can grow in. So super excited. Saturday, November 12th, IZW Wrestling presents Wanted Dead or Alive. Steel Cage Match and so much more. Be there. You will have a great time because it's always a great time. Now, let's go to commercial. 
Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Now Patrick O'Dowd is telling me that our good friend Hangman Page, I don't know why I called him our good friend. It's not like we ever interviewed him or anything. I don't believe we did. But might be injured. So if that's the case, uh, you said might be pretty pretty banged up. Is that what you're thinking? Well, so I mean, Mick Foley's put out prayers for Adam Page. Biggie Langston has put something out. Wade Keller is saying it's legitimate and they're talking about it. There was a picture. Like, this is all coming from Twitter, people, because we, we're not watching right. the show live. But, like, there's a picture of, like, the ring and, like, lights up while they're, like, trying to get him out safely. Yeah, I, it, it's, yeah. Who knows? So I'm just um, trying, I was, I was just trying to find, I was trying to see if somebody had a report on what had happened to, like, a chair, but it's not. I saw a picture of him, like, in the crowd. I don't know if Humbly that's asking something. for comfort and calm for Adam Page and the medical personnel attending to him. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll monitor and find out. Um, yeah. Apparently, even even Moxley was like sitting there next to him praying. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, that's, uh, that's a tough. A little one. scary. We'll find out. And uh, obviously, look, T's and P's go out to Hangman Page, uh, a tremendously talented wrestler. And if this is something bad, catastrophic, whatever, I mean, that's. That sucks. And and if it's right. something, you know, obviously we want him to, to recover and have an amazing life that's provided for him. But from a wrestling standpoint, which is so much less significant, um, it would be a career that we never got to see the truly greatest moments of. But um, we shouldn't be writing the guy off just yet. But, yeah, hopefully it's uh, precautionary and things are okay. And, uh, and and we'll find out find out soon. But we will continue. Um, and, and like I said before – technical issues and, and before the commercial we are going to be fair and balanced balanced and fair and we're going to talk about wwe and aew something they do well and something they do not do well at all so let's start with um well you know the, the advice i gave you on the five by five do the five good ones then do the five bad ones because the five bad ones are always more controversial and, and fun to talk about so let's start with what they're doing well. Let's start with what the WWE is doing well and what AEW is doing well. And I will make it easy on Patrick O'Dowd, and, and I will go first to give him more time to, to get those thoughts together and collect. So one thing that WWE is doing well, and I'm going to focus it on Monday Night Raw um, just because it's it's something that really sticks out to me. And Monday Night Raw is a three-hour show, and that is a challenge. It's been talked about ad nauseum for over 10 years now. Like Raw being three hours is used to be a chore, used to be a challenge for some people. And since Triple H has kind of taken over and got his feet under him, Monday the flow of Monday Night Raw is insanely good right now. Like the way the event flows – <clears throat> the the storylines that are intertwined throughout the show, the way they utilize backstage versus on stage, like it just flows better. And and literally the, the three hours sometimes flies by. Monday's Raw uh, that I watched the three hours did fly by. Now I have the advantage of fast forwarding through things like commercials, and that's good. But um and the show will start off in a unique way. Like we we kicked into Raw this week and brought and, and Bobby Lashley's literally in mid promo in the ring. And, and and calling out Brock Lesnar. So 
to me, they have fixed one of the problems that is the three-hour chore that is Monday Night Raw. And I think it's evident because I am seeing far less tweeting, which is just a small portion, but far less tweeting of people saying Raw shouldn't be three hours anymore. Like, Like, I don't hear that now. I don't see that sentiment out there that Raw needs to be cut back down to two hours or less. So I'm sure there are people who still feel that way. But the three-hour Monday Night Raw is, is is entertaining. It flows. It, it It's joined. And I really think that it's it's been something that I've seen a big change since Triple H took over. So my one good thing about WWE is the flow of Monday Night Raw. Patrick O'Dowd, what is one good thing in your mind, one thing WWE is doing well, Right now, uh, and so when I when I was thinking about this, and you talk about what one does well and what the other doesn't well, they actually kind of polar opposite each other. So I'm going to spoil okay. why AEW doesn't do well. You wouldn't have spoiled it if you told us that, unless you didn't tell us this. No, but I'm going to because once I say what it is, you're going to you know. Right. Like and that is, I th- feel like the um, WWE, especially since Triple H has taken over has done a pretty good job of maximizing the talent they have in the locker room and finding them productive things to do on your airwaves. And there's not a lot of what I would call dead weight talent, Ron Killings fans notwithstanding. Um, like it just, it feels like we joked about it last week. We, we were talking about one of your followers and I can't remember the name who, is an AJ Styles stand, and it was like, where's AJ Styles been for like two weeks? And now he shows up, and, and we're we're doing something new and, and exciting with with him as a, a member of the roster. It just feels to me as I've gone through and watched Raw and SmackDown, and now even NXT, that they found a good balance in a way to to utilize their talent and put them in places where they can be meaningful and successful. And even today on NXT couple of faces that we've been seeing on Raw and SmackDown showed up at NXT to further stories. One of the, you know, and I, one of them being Theory, the other being Nakamura. Like, that's finding ways to continue to maximize and use your talent while at the same time bringing some folks back and, and bringing and bringing in some faces. Like, Bray Wyatt is back, obviously. Johnny Gargano has come back and has, has been involved. Uh I just I feel like they've been doing really well with that and getting, like I said, like maximizing their locker room to where it feels like there's a lot more involvement from a lot more folks that feels meaningful, if that makes sense. It does. No, it makes perfect sense. And I think there were complaints along the way, like the AJ Styles example you gave. People were like, why, when is AJ going to do something significant? Where's AJ been? Whatever. I think if, if there's another week without Asuka on television, we can hear that again. As this week, we didn't right. have Asuka and Alexa Bliss. Like there are people who are off, but the, the, we used to say that people should, talent should get time off, right? That used to be a thing. Right, right, and, right, right. And we used to have those conversations about talent being able to take time off and, and rest. And that's kind of what's happened. I think the Judgment Day was the perfect opportunity for AJ Styles to have something to do, and and they they basically rode off Edge with with the Concerto to Beth Phoenix, so he can go off and 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 do his his TV show that he's filming right now, and then it's perfect. Out goes Edge, in comes AJ Styles, and suddenly AJ now has a program. AJ now has something to do. Um, and, and that is, is fantastic. You look at Baron Corbin, who, while he sucks and, and will always suck, 
because it's Baron Corbin and that's what he does. But you he's know, your he's WWE Hall of Famer, Baron Corbin. Probably, yeah. That's that's the truth. Um, he went away. He he wrapped up everything with the whole Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss and all that. And suddenly, here he is on Raw. He's got JBL as a mouthpiece. It, it's it's in its infancy. And we'll see if it works. It, it was kind of a mixed bag on Monday, but there we go. We have something going on. And uh, you know, look at you know, Seth Rollins and and Matt Riddle. Riddle. Matt Riddle recently got his first ever WWE main event one on one. You know, on a pay-per-view or on a PLE with Extreme Rules. That happened for Cody Rhodes early in the year. That was pre-Vince leaving. But all of that, you look at Sami Zayn, like all these people that have been up and down in their careers and now are doing just amazing things. And, yeah, just so much great talent, despite the influx of talent that they've had. There are a few names, like you said, Ron Killings, Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, who didn't have things to do. But I think... I don't know. There's a lot you you don't hear about them being upset about it, right? And that's the kind of thing that you right. reported before. You look at Ali, you know, Mustafa Ali's been up and down even during Triple H's his run, and now all of a sudden he finishes Raw standing tall on Monday night over Seth Rollins. So yeah, just the use of talent is is not an hard, not an easy thing to do. I can tell you from experience, like sometimes you're like, right, right. what do I do with this? Like, what do I do? And, and you figure it out. And, and sometimes minds change and plans change because you come up with something better and, and then things fall into place. And then you kind of really, when you, when you have it, you know, you have it and it's very exciting. Um, and, and I'm sure Triple H is going through the same thing. Plus Triple H is probably coming from a spot where over the years he saw we could do this with this person and it got right. shut down. We could do this with this person, and it got shot down. Like he could probably write a book on all the ideas he had that Jeez, got shot yeah, down. No kidding. And 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 maybe some of them would have worked, and maybe some of them would have sucked. Like you know, the recently a, a a report that Bobby Lashley pitched an idea where he became depressed and gained seventy pounds. Like yeah, I loved that idea. Yeah. By the way, like who knows? You like, know, and and maybe not seventy pounds. That that seems unhealthy, but uh. yeah, who knows? But. I mean, that that's the thing. Like, you just never know the ideas that are out there. You hear them further down the road, and, and you just don't know. I mean, I remember Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley and their feud and how just horrible that was. I also remember the, the feud between Bob Lashley and, and you know, at the time, Rusev, now Miro, and how much people hated it. And to find out that was all driven by the talent. Like, they came up with all that. So you just never know where things come from and what spawns them and, and, and all of that. And now, yeah, I agree with you. I think the talent is being much better utilized in, in WWE right now. And of course we'll talk about that with AEW here in a moment. So now we've got to look at AEW and, and talk about what is AEW doing well. Um, and I will go first and unless you have yours and want to go first. No, no, it's fine. You can go first. Cause I don't want to steal. I ruin a good thing. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. We'll be fine. Okay. So for me, one thing that AEW is doing well is the use of quote-unquote premier, top name, top tier talent, however you want to look at it. We got a report a couple weeks ago that – or last week, I think, that John Moxley had signed basically a five-year extension and he's going to have um, – going to have a bigger role in the company today or yesterday it was announced the same thing for chris jericho that he signed a i think a three-year extension and is going to have a bigger role in the company 
to me, if I were to put out an MVP of AEW, it would be Chris Jericho. Like, I think Chris Jericho wants this thing to be successful. He knows it's good for wrestling if it's successful. It's good for wrestlers if it's successful. And WCW was built. I mean, WCW didn't truly take off until they signed Hulk Hogan. Like, that's just the way it was. You do need, while, while homegrown stars are good and homegrown, star, homegrown stars are important, you need those established names to have the company take off. And, you know, no offense to John Moxley, but there's no bigger name in AEW right now than Chris Jericho. And him being in the spotlight and, and whether you like, you know, the, the inner circle, whether you like the Jericho Appreciation Society, he is bringing people up with him. And if those last, if those don't last, who knows? But he is definitely giving people opportunities to, to shine and, and to be on television. Now, since the Jericho Appreciation Society was formed and some of the members didn't carry over, like Santana and Ortiz, I don't know what the hell's going on with them. I think one of them, though, is hurt. So that is a possibility. But... Um, but that just kind of shows where he's at. So to me, one thing that AEW is doing really well is how they're using those established stars to try, try to gain credibility, try to gain footing, and try to advance things forward. Patrick O'Dowd, what is one thing that our good friends over at All Elite Wrestling are doing well? I, honest to God, for all I complain about them, they know how to make their core audience happy. They know how to keep that audience from turning on it and running away so far. And when you're multiple years into the company's run, it shows that you at the very, and you have an identity, you have a niche uh, that an audience was hungry for. You know how to make that audience happy. It is at around 1 million fans a week right now. And they come out of it, no matter how I feel about it, no matter how you feel about the product that's being put out there, it speaks to them. It works for them. And it's a style of wrestling that didn't, you know, hadn't been on television for quite some time when compared to, you know, the largest mainstream wrestling company in the world, the WWE. And that is a very smart way to keep yourself there um, and, and viable and strong. And, and they, they know their audience. They know how to, they know what makes that audience tick and, and they play into it and they play up to it. And you have to tip your hat to them. You have to tip your hat to something that they found that they know works for a viable group of people that can keep you afloat. And we can criticize them for focusing too much on that audience, right? And and for sure. um, doing things to please, to please that small audience. But you still need that core group, like you. Need, and and the, and the thing about that audience is that they will buy everything, they will order everything, they will show up for everything, they will watch everything. And if you have that, and and that audience is making, you know. TBS happy. I mean, this is that audience has been enough to give them a number one rating on most Wednesday nights. So yes, they're not growing, but they are stable in terms of their audience. And and that's something that I think is super easy for us to overlook because they're not growing because all this, you know, we're going to be beating raw in a, in a year and whatever. And you can't even do that if you're not on Monday night. So it doesn't matter. But like they are doing well, they are delivering ratings that TBS should be happy with. And by all means, you know, 
whatever is happy with. So I think you're exactly right. What you do from there is, is up to you, but it's also only been three years. Like I think people, right. look, uh, we, especially in the WWE world, a lot of people are evaluating AEW's growth and, um, and, and basically saying that they should be somewhere that they probably shouldn't be in three years. And, 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 you know, whether they can beat raw or whatever, like WCW accelerated that growth because a, they had years of history behind them with, with, you know, who they bought out and, and, and who they became and B, they caught lightning in a bottle with the NWO. Like that's just it. Like if the bloodline were to be formed on AEW and they were going against raw or SmackDown, they could probably win. Like that's just, you know, if they formed a stable mm-hmm. like that and, and were able to do that, that just has not happened. And in this day and age, the way contracts work, the way, the way, you know, executives work, probably not going to happen. So, um, so that kind of proves, you know, short of like the rock showing up in AEW and doing a long-term story, like even CM Punk didn't do it for him. And, right. and that's, you know, I think a lot of people expected like him or hate him. I think people expected more out of CM Punk and what he could deliver for AW. So, okay. So now we're going to flip it around. One thing that the WWE is doing poorly and one thing that AEW is doing poorly. So I will go first on WWE. One thing that the WWE is doing poorly, and I did have a couple that I could utilize. Like it's not all perfect and it never is going to be all perfect. But to me, one thing WWE did poorly is, is, and they had an opportunity to do it differently. They teased, and again, we, uh, we, we, as, as the fans, we interpret our teases and we then develop this expectation and we put something on our playlist that may not have ever truly been there for us, but we do it to ourselves. They teased, in my mind, a major rebrand for NXT. They teased, <laughs> Going a lot closer back to the black and yellow brand, black and gold, than NXT was, than the color splotchy brand that it was most recently with NXT 2.0. And then they recorded two episodes after that. So, so NXT was off of live television because of recording for 20 days. So they had 20 days to figure out how they were going to change and what they were going to do. And they came back and it was kind of like a couple different colors, different ropes. And they moved the table, they moved the announce table, and they took away some seats and put them elsewhere in the performance center. And that was it. Like they didn't go back to black and gold. They didn't do, do all that. And while I think the in-ring product continues to be great, um, NXT was built on that core audience that we were talking about for AEW. And, and I think there was more of an opportunity to further differentiate today's NXT from NXT 2.0. NXT 1.0, whatever you want to call it, to NXT 2.0, huge jump, huge difference, huge change. NXT 2.0 to NXT current, small jump, small step, small change. Eh. And I think people expected a big change. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's like eh. you said, the way that the way that it was just branded and hyped. Like you did like a whole like moment with the logo changing, right? Like that. That primes you for something bigger than 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 what we got. Like it just does. Yeah, and I guess part of my problem is I was one of those people who was truly into NXT, into the heavy metal yeah. NXT, into all of that. So I saw that glimmer of hope that I could have it back, and and I shouldn't. Yeah. Have. So that's on me, and that's okay that it's on me. That it's you know for anything that people want to criticize us for being whatever. 
We have no problem being wrong and we have no problem admitting when something's on us versus on another company. Some of this, something that, that, that WWE is doing poorly is on me and I own that and I'm fine with it, but it's also my answer to the question. So it should be on me. Some of what I like is also on me. Because it's my answer. It's my answer, right? This is my show. So Patrick O'Dowd, what is one thing that WWE is doing poorly? Uh, we've talked about this. I don't know if we've really talked about it in detail on this show, but I know it's something that you agree with. Uh, as much as I love Roman Reigns holding all the belts, there's there's something missing when you have a, a show without a world title or even just a top title. And it's it just uh, it, it it's it's not that the product is bad because we just talked about you know good stories utilizing talent doing all this stuff it just feels like there's something missing when you know the best title that you really have on a program is what we still view as a secondary title and i know you've advocated for this um Repeatedly, you've talked about all the we've talked about the various opportunities and ways that Roman Reigns could just hold the Universal Championship. Uh, and so maybe it's our playlist, too. Maybe I mean, both of these could just be playlist things. Um, but for me, I feel like it's a big misstep on one of your top programs. Well, and, and it, it's it's an opinion question. So, of course, it's on our playlist. Like, that's just right. Right, what right, it right, is. Right. But, of course, I agree. I, I've been talking about this for... <sighs> It's the testament to them that I give all these compliments to Raw, and there's no world title on the show, right? But there are some tried and true things in the world of professional – there are some things in the world of professional wrestling that are just simply – and I even had this conversation on Twitter today – old white mentality that we don't need to have. Like the fact that there is a women's championship, but there's not a men's championship with the word men's. So we still technically marginalize the women. It's just so right. accepted because it's the way it's always been. Some things don't need to remain in place just because they're the way they've always been. However, in my opinion, having a male and a female world champion is a tried and true thing in the world of pro wrestling that should still stick around. And I do think there's this level of stability that and having that. There's still no like Yes, Seth Rollins has the United States Championship, but it doesn't feel like, my God, everybody wants this. Whereas if he right. was the world champion, if he was the WWE champion, it just holds a different weight. And, and it just gives that additional stake. And it's not just an additional stake. It's the ultimate stake. And, and Ron right. is missing that ultimate stake right now by not having a world champion can, on the men's can side. Can I tell you show. something interesting yes. as we talk about this, as I feel like a misstep? Who showed up to mess up Bobby Lashley's world and cost him his United States Championship? Yes, Brock Lesnar. What does that program and do for – and maybe it does nothing for the belt. But what does it do for the belt? Nothing. If Bobby's still the champ and Brock – but it's Brock – but if it's Brock Lesnar, even if he's – I'm just saying, like, you took the belt off of it and now that match is a bigger deal. Oh, that yeah. tells you by losing, so Bobby got promoted. Bobby got right. promoted by like, losing. That's yes. weird. And we haven't heard from uh, Brock yet, and I'm sure Brock's yeah. out there because of what Bobby benefited from in January. Now, Bobby didn't call for Roman Reigns to come out and interfere and cost Brock the WWE Championship, but right, right. I'm sure that's where Brock's motivation is coming from. 
But that was always a criticism when Brock was there. He didn't need to be in the title picture, yet he consistently was. Now, here we are. He's not in the title picture, and we've got another main event program without the championship on it, and that's great. But imagine if we also had the world championship. So so obviously I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Now comes the moment everybody's been waiting for, at least us. One thing that AEW is doing poorly. One thing and one thing only. Now, I will self-identify and admit that if we were making a list, this would be the easiest one for me to make. Probably even easier than things right. that WWE is doing well. But that's just because of the style that I prefer, the type of event, the type of show that I prefer, and, and, and that is part of the playlist mentality. So there are many things that I could pick from and many things that I could choose from. But the road I will go down is AEW has far too many championships. Like, my God. Like, they're just championships out of nowhere. I counted. They have, like, what, eight or ten championships right now? In eight, I think eight championships right now in AEW. Eight. And they have a two-hour show and a one-hour show. And and they just have all these different talent. Like, you have your All-Atlantic champion and your TNT champion. I don't even know what that means. Like we have, like, like we have an all land champion and TNT. So we have like, like the TNT champion and they're not even on TNT anymore, but it still gets defended. And the TNT champion right now is walking around with the ROH TV champion, the ring of honor world television champion. And, uh. and you have the ring of honor championship. And I get it. Like you can literally see the parallels to new Japan, right? Chris Jericho right. is currently the never open weight champion in, in, yep. In that, or or maybe he's the All Atlantic. I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe Orange Cassidy. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm still three months behind on my New Japan because I. But either way, like it's just championships yeah. for the sake of championships. Yeah. Now we just got done talking about how Raw needs that champion. It is a storytelling device. It is a storytelling anchor in a good way. Anchor um, to keep things. Maybe it's a storytelling rudder, right? To keep things going in the right direction. Now we have the polar opposite. In AEW, it's a storytelling crutch. And storytelling isn't even the right word to use because we're just announcing matches at this point. We have a few stories here and there. We've got the stuff with the acclaimed and scissoring, scissor me daddy being trademarked now by, by smart Mark Sterling and all of that. And, and good for him for getting the exposure he's getting and, and all of it, right? And they, they went all the way and actually had the man trademark the term. Like that's good. Like that's, that fan base is going to appreciate that. And we talked about that. That's okay. That's a positive thing. But you've gotten to the point where you can barely tell stories with your champions. Like Samoa Joe and and Wardlow, their story is tag team wrestling. And they are singles champions. FTR holds a million tag team titles, except for the ones that the Acclaim holds. And their last match was like a six-man tag. Like it's just – and on the last pay-per-view, they were in a six-man tag. And now Sean Spears has shown up, and we reformed the pinnacle without MJF, who was in the pinnacle the first time, and and it's okay. And Sean Spears is back to being the ten guy, and and I think it's great because that's where he was at his, at his finest. And and you know we'll bring that back up before he goes back to WWE someday, and it'll be great. But I just you have way too many championships. It's 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 like the European Championship. No one cared about the European Championship, and like is the TNT Championship the Intercontinental Championship? Or is the Atlantic Championship the Intercontinental Championship? Because by design and representing different countries, the Atlantic Championship is that. But in hierarchy and structure, it's probably the TNT Championship. 
I don't fucking know. But there are far too many championships in AEW and and far too many championships that really don't mean a whole lot. And that's just too bad because you could do a lot more with certain performers if they didn't just have to run around with champions. Side note, the AEW Twitter account, which is obviously run by – I don't know if it's run by somebody at TBS because like AEW at TBS or whatever on TBS or within the company. Tweeted tonight, Tony Storm coming out and basically said like, to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. Mind you, Tony Storm is an interim champion. So you got to be the champ to beat the champ. And Tony Storm herself did not beat the champ because the champ is injured and, and Tony Storm was an interim champion. Right. Like, I don't know what kind of disconnect that is, but like, yeah, I think it was there. Oh yeah. To be the champ, you got to be the champ. Not even realizing she didn't beat the champ. But totally little little side note there. So Patrick O'Dowd, your turn. You hinted at it already at what it might be. One thing well, that AEW is doing poorly. Well, and it rolls into all these championships because it's an excuse to use talent because I think that they don't maximize and don't use their talent particularly well once you get past the top. Uh, I think that it is fascinating to me to hear so many people from the AEW punditry talk about how their roster is loaded, and yet time and time again, that loaded roster debuts and disappears. And like, and just completely disappears or, um, you know, gets disgruntled because they're not being used at all or very rarely used. And so for as good as they're doing with their top guys, it, it's like, what is it? What you, Miro, I think has one of those belts. Does he? Not he currently. Knows? He, he is a former, but he had champion. one. Yes. Uh, you know, that's, that's probably one of the more popular examples, but like, who's, there, there's there's having talent and then there's actually using your talent well and they don't use that I just don't feel like they maximize their talent. Um, they don't to the extent that they could. Like that there's all right. these names, there's all these people, and they're all either they're either all part of like they're, they're part of groups. This is a this was a WCW problem too for a while. Like everybody was in a fucking faction, but like three members of the faction really did anything at any given time. Or, you know, there was just clearly a B squad. Like, they got so desperate in WCW, they started, you know, you had the Latino World Order. You had, which I, you know, thought was funny, and yet was also like, man, we're desperate. Uh, it's just, it, there, there, there is such a thing as too much, and they have too much. Yeah, no, you're you're right about that. And there they don't know what to do with much. it. And, and that is a big part of the problem is that they, they do have like far too much talent and then they do, you look at Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, like they had this yep. feud and now what are they doing? Or maybe they did something to an dynamite. I don't know. Um, and, and yeah, they, they just throw titles on people because they don't know what else to do and they don't know how to story tell. The one thing that I am in the minority on in terms of like the type of fan that we associate with, I, I like the stables and I like the factions because I like the extended storytelling you can do. And, and it's been done in Japan for years and it's starting to be done here in WWE. And I'll use WWE as an example. Okay. If they really wanted to continue to drag out Imperium versus the Brawling Brutes, it's very easy to do Sheamus versus Ludwig Kaiser. 
Seamus versus Giovanni Vinci, Gunther versus, you know, Pete Dunn, Butch, Gunther versus Rich Holland. Like you can continue to have these matches and it's that hierarchy. And you know the higher ranking person in one stable is traditionally going to beat the lower ranking person in the other stable, but it allows you to continue to, to draw these things out and, and to tell stories. And it does give people an opportunity to be lifted up. Now, they haven't done, WWE hasn't had this influx of stables long enough to screw it up. They might. A year from now, we might be like, God, there's too many and there's too many people are wasted. Most of their stables are limited to three people as well. These other ones on the other side are getting to five and six members and then it's too much. And, and, and then it's, it's like, okay, this is, this is overdone and this is now you, now it's harder and, and people do get lost in the shuffle. And plus when a stable disbands, like you've got to do something with those people and that hasn't happened as well. But you're exactly right. Like there's far too much talent and, and I'm okay with the talent that's on dark talent that that's wherever because very few people are clamoring for the talent that's appearing regularly on dark to be on television. Very few people are like, my God, why isn't, you know, Sunny Kiss on my television more often? You know, why, why even Ruby Soho, who I think is injured right now anyway, but like, People just aren't begging for these people, like like Athena, like like right. former Amber Moon. Like no one really misses her on on television. There's a couple people out there right now who are screaming at their their podcasting device well, and whatever. But so, like, somebody yeah. somebody posted a thread. Apparently, she destroyed somebody not too long ago. On she a show. did like, on an episode of Dark. I think like, she she went at just and obliterated talent. this person. <clears throat> and my guess is that that person screwed up and sandbagged on accident or whatever and so she took it out on her but in 2022 that she also she also did lift her she also, she also did like lift her arm after it was all done like the like mutual you took a beating respect thing i guess like I and maybe I maybe it was I, a story maybe there was a story they were telling cuz 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 the woman had a bloody face like it yeah. was not pretty and maybe it's a story they were telling. I mean, there were times in WWE where you would hear Bruce Preacher tell stories like when Ken Shamrock debuted, like they paid some dude to just go out there and get his ass kicked by Ken Shamrock, like knew what was coming. Randy well, Horton had his head split it, open by Brock Lesnar and knew it was going to happen. Like, right. So it's well, very and, and you talk about, you talk about, that's the other thing is who's, who's watching dark? Not like there's, they get several hundred thousand viewers. They get some but weeks. Still, I think they beat Rampage. Like that's really? so yeah. nobody's watching Rampage. So if you're on Rampage, that's the problem, right? Well, and that's the problem with Rampage. Like even like they announced the card for this Friday's Rampage, and by and large they're pretty good matches. But like, who cares? Like like they're just there's nothing behind them. Like their biggest match that they have on Rampage is the acclaimed versus Smart Mark Sterling's people, and even that's not that exciting. And well, and, and then this, and this is a, this is the other thing is it's it's not just that talent is being underutilized; it's the talent again outside of the top. And this is you can you can say I'm quoting Eric Bischoff. You're right. What's the story here? Right. We, like why why should we care about a lot of this stuff? And and that I think is the difference between what we're seeing on a complete card of AEW. Versus a complete card of a WWE Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. Like, like I'm looking right everybody now. Everybody has a story. All right. So so the last episodes of Dark Elevation that are on 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 YouTube, 242,000 views, 159,000 views, 182,000 views, 314,000 views. All right. Looking at just regular Dark, 150, 191. 183 I mean, more than impact wrestling more, more than watch impact wrestling like so it does draw numbers like it's easy for us to 
downplay it and, and for a lot of fans to say like those shows are, are, but, but there are plenty of people out there. There are television shows. Like those would rank in the top 150 if they were drawing those numbers on television, depending on the night of the week that they're on. And obviously yeah. the, the, the demographic of people that are watching, but dark and, and elevation do just fine numbers in, in, in my opinion. But at the same time, they are watched by that hardcore group of people, that, those hardcore right. fans. And that it's just like NXT being on the network, right? When, when, when we watched it on the network before it went to USA, kind of the same thing. Um, now they're doing this while they still have this ring of honor stuff that no one knows what they're doing with. And they're claim Tony, Tony Khan said he hopes to have TV next year. And people are saying Tony Khan is saying they will have TV next year. And that's unfair to Tony Khan, but that's what's going to happen. Right. With, absolutely. With the wrestling community. So, so there you go. Fair and balanced. One thing WWE does well, one thing AEW does well, one thing WWE does poorly, one thing AEW does poorly. We're going to go to commercial break, and we're going to come back and find out. You just made the list! This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. Shut your dumb mouth. You just made the list. So we are doing another edition of The List. Every week, Patrick O'Down and I come together. We make a list of six things. It's not a top list. It's not a bottom list. It's just a list. And we, we compile the list and we put the list in order. Last week was a mega list because it took up the whole program. It was a lot of fun. I think we're going to do it again soon with WWE themes. That was my turn. This week, Patrick O'Dowd, it is your turn to tell us what we'll be listing, which means I will go first and putting things on the list, and then you will go first when we actually put them in order. So Patrick O'Dowd, to what topic are we going to list some people and say to them, hey – you just made the list. This week, we are creating our list of wrestlers who have crossed over into movies and television not named Dwayne Johnson. Because Dwayne Johnson, of course, is the biggest star in the world right now. He's about to give DC a big boost with a bajillion dollars on a movie that's not getting reviewed very well. Doesn't but matter. damn, if he does if if he does he damn if he doesn't look good um in black adam so i didn't i felt like dwayne D- the rock was just too too easy yeah too he, easy he's literally too easy you know he was recently referred to i don't know if it's recently but in hollywood he's been referred to as franchise viagra like he saves franchises in that way look what he did fast and furious and and others right. so um so i agree with you like, like there was no if 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 you didn't have that caveat i mean he would be number 1 like he would just be number one, and and that's where. Um, I mean, as it is, I've got a list of nine names. I just literally, as we were talking here, though, had another moment where I was like, "Shame on me for forgetting one of them." Gotcha. But got got it on the list in time. I'll be interested to see where you go, um, because I think this is a lot of fun. I think people would be surprised how many wrestlers have made that foray. Outside oh, yeah. of some names that you may recognize. I mean, you mentioned one earlier in the program, so. I'm trying to remember who I even mentioned, but, um, I mean, I know I mentioned one who has made a foray into other things. And so that is, 
that is that. So, um, so yeah, here we go. So we are going to start. So I got to go first, right? I got to put, put the yes. first one on the list. And so I am going to go. I mean, there's two that I think are obvious for everybody listening right now. Um, and I feel like I want to do one, but I'm going to do the other. But at the end of the day, I think both are going to end up being on the list. So I am going to go with a guy who, who is, is his, his foray into Hollywood has been a little more recent and, and, but it has been quite prolific and he's done a lot of great things that I think by and large we've enjoyed. Dave, it's me, Dave. And that is, of course, big Dave Batista. Um, you know, yes, he is a huge part or was a huge part of the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. He was also in, you know, a, a Bond villain and he did, he's done some, some little buddy cop type comedy movies. He had a role in Smallville, I believe. And, and so just a lot of things that, he, that Dave Batista has been a part of. So for me, I'm going to put Dave he, Batista. His upcoming movie that he's doing with M. Night Shyamalan looks you didn't know we you didn't listen to Manwagon Earth lately. We covered it on a trailer. Um, yeah, he is playing a leading role in an upcoming nice. M. Night Shyamalan movie. Uh I can't remember the title of it off the top of my head, but it is sufficiently creepy and a little unsettling. And his role has a lot to do with it. And who would have thought, by the way, yeah, that Dave Batista would be one of the big because he's a big name in Hollywood now too. Like he's a real deal, like real deal actor. And you know, he started in like movies like Man with the Iron Fists, like like Kung Fu action movies, like Large yeah. Thug Number Four. Had we not, if we didn't have The Rock to say he can't be on this list, we'd probably be talking about right. Dave Batista as the biggest star to come out of wrestling. Right, right. Thanks to the, the the Marvel franchise, but still, like that's a big deal. We can't discount because it's Marvel. Like that's huge. And and right. to his credit, he insists on not being cast in only those kind of roles. And and maybe that's good. Maybe that's a mistake. I don't know. But far be it for me to tell him what to do. He's making a ton of money regardless. So no, um, I mean he's I'm he's proven there. himself to be quite a talent comedically too. As, yes, as he's hilarious. The the movie he did where he was like a cop with the little girl. I can't remember the name yep. of it right now. God, that movie was great. Like it was hilarious and funny, and the whole family enjoyed it. So yeah, very good, excellent first choice. All right, I'm going to go with another. I'm going to go with the name that you dropped um, earlier in the program, uh, and this is a guy who he's made his niche more in television. He's done a lot of television series, less movies, and that is Adam Copeland slash Edge. He is, you mentioned he was taking a break to go film his upcoming TV show when we were talking, and that is the Percy Jackson, the Olympians um, show. He got cast as the god Ares in that series for Disney Plus. And the little O'Dowd, very excited about that, loves him to Percy Jackson. And so I got I to put Edge on the list if for no other reason than my kid but he's done a lot of television a lot of shows yes. series he, he has had some recurring roles in some fairly prominent television programs that um have made him some good bank when he's not wrestling and if you're um if you're a fan of of, of greg demarco and miranda morales on the hashtag miranda show and you listen to the show like i don't know two years ago you remember when we spent an entire episode reviewing a terrible movie called money plane money plane starring kelsey Grammer and the main hero the main 
protagonist, none other than than Edge himself. God, that movie was so – and the entire Lawrence family, uh, all the Lawrence brothers were in it as well. And, and just that movie was horrendous. But, you know, a lot of fun, fun sound bites came from it. Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane. So there you go. Great choice number two. Had you not put him on there, I was going to put him on there. Just like my choice number three, Patrick O'Dowd. Um, again, I- I'm going with another obvious one. Um, that if I didn't put him on there, you probably would put him on there. He's been in some, some, uh, really made his way in comedies like Trainwreck, which I saw and Blockers, which I saw. Um, he was, was, you know, Dom Toretto's nearly twin brother. I mean, look at him. God, they look exactly alike in, in Fast and Furious 9 as Jacob Toretto. And then, of course, his appearance in Suicide Squad, which spawned his own series on HBO Max, uh, which everyone loves, called The Peacemaker. And that is, of course, John Felix Anthony Cena IV, John Cena. Good choice. Uh, very, very good choice. Very logical choice. Yes, logical um, and obvious. I know. My my. Well, it's it's tough because my list is so long, and I'm trying to figure out who I'm going to boot. Um, yeah, because we each got one more pick. No, you got two more. You got two more. I got two more. Um. All right. So I. The first actor, uh, or the first wrestler turned actor that I think of. When I think of wrestler turned actor, uh, it was a guy from guy who was very prominent in the eighties during the WrestleMania era. He main evented WrestleMania one. He was in a semi main event at WrestleMania two, an infamous boxing match that turned, uh, in a way that was a little unexpected when he boxed Mr. T. He is part of the most epic mono imano fight scene in a in a film that you can ever it's so long and realistic it's painful to watch as Roddy Piper fist fights David Keith in the mo- in the in the film They Live, where he is here to kick ass and chew bubblegum and he's all out of bubblegum. But Roddy Piper was like the king of B movies. For a really long time. Hello, or something for Hello from Frogtown or something like that is the name of another one. Um, just very, very popular stuff. And he made a, he, he made a pretty good living as an actor was a relatively good looking young guy, guy when he was younger until like his hard living caught up with him and he, he became the haggard face that he was in his later years. Um, so Roddy Piper going on my list. Here we go. Roddy Piper it is. So I – it's tough. It's tough for my last one because I got a few that I have on here, and it's like do I go like smart? Do I go whatever? But I am going to pick a person who I think might only have one credit to their name. I can't think of more than one, but the one is iconic. The one is something that, that we – We'll never forget. We will remember for all of eternity. Sadly, this person could never get another credit to their name since they have passed and, and we won't see them anymore. But in just a few minutes, I fell in love with the character. And, and, and in these days, they probably would literally give him his own franchise. But I will never forget the scene 
from from Spider-Man featuring Bonesaw and the Macho Man Randy Savage. Bonesaw is ready, and so is Greg DeMarco, to tell the Macho Man Randy Savage that despite that being the biggest one, you, sir, you, sir. You just made the list. Here's where you're wrong. His Randy, his feature film, yes. Oh, I said there might be more. That's just the one that I could think of. Randy Savage made a shit ton of money voice acting. Um, No kidding. Because his voice is so very unique that you, like, he was very valuable in animated films. And probably the most famous, or at least probably the most commercial one that you would know right away uh, is the Disney movie Bolt. He is a voice character in um, the, it was a Disney film Bolt about a, a dog actor who thinks he has real superpowers because they always treated him like he has superpowers on the show. Uh, and he ends up in the real world. He's on his own. And uh, Randy Savage, I don't remember who he voices in there. Like he's not like one of the, he's not John Travolta voices, the dog both, but uh, yeah, Randy Savage did a lot of voice acting work, was on a lot of animated cartoon animation stuff like cartoon network, um, things like that. And so he did quite well that way. And also if you want to talk about somebody who had crossover uh, uh, notoriety uh, outside of wrestling, even though he was a wrestler, Slim Jim commercials were that was Randy Savage all day, every day. Absolutely. So you can't, uh, you know, tons of people associate Slim Jims, snap it to a Slim Jim with Randy Savage. So remember Good choice. a couple of years ago when Ric Flair had this resurgence in pop culture. Ric Flair drip yeah. and all that. I truly believe if Macho Man Randy Savage were still with us, he would have oh, the same I, thing. Oh, God. Yes. I think so. I think we'd be seeing the sunglasses. I think we'd be seeing professional athletes acknowledging him more. I really do think that, that Macho Man would would be uh, – I did say acknowledging. So Acknowledge me. All right, Patrick O'Dowd. There's a lot of options left, but only one right. spot. Who is it going to be? So I'm I'm going to honorable mention this one because I just can't put him on the list, even though I love him so much. And that is, uh, so I'm going to say his name here. Uh, he definitely has one movie credit to his name. That is the professor himself, Toru Tanaka, That's who amazing. was in the fine film Running Man as Sub-Zero, now Plane Zero. Um, should have with, been a Bond villain. Like, let's be honest. Should have, absolutely. Um, but I'm going to go with a wrestler who's um, not currently wrestling, uh, has one major acting credit to their name right now, but I think their career is just about to take off as they are currently making all kinds of news as a model um, and you know, infamously left the WWE under her own terms with her tag team partner, Naomi. But Sasha Banks... Uh, who, uh, forgive me for not remembering Mercedes' full name. Uh, Mercedes Varnado. Or Varnado. It's current, you know, currently probably most seen and remembered and recognized for her appearances in The Mandalorian. She is going to be back for the next season of The Mandalorian. She is in there. Uh, say what you will about the girl and her attitude. She has star potential. She, will she will be on your television screens for a long time in some way shape or form and so it's only beginning and so i'm going to put the lone woman 
on our list, and I, I'm going to use her, her wrestling name because we're a wrestling show, Sasha Banks. You just made the list. Great choice. Um, great, obviously, great choice and, and one. So in doing my research for this, because I did do some research in this because this is more your thing than mine, there were the obvious ones, ones that I thought of, Jesse Ventura, Andre the Giant. Um, yep. there, there were plenty, you know, that, that could be there. Um, I kind of feel like I'm surprised that Stone Cold Steve Austin didn't make our list, um, because he's done a lot more than people think. In my research, the one who surprised me the most, whose name came up that I didn't even realize, didn't even remember, they never had like a set, you know, role in anything, but the number of credits this person has and mostly like guest spot appearances. I was shocked by the number of credits that Stacy Keebler has to her name. Like oh, George yeah. Lopez, How I Met Your Mother, Chuck, yep. Psych. Like Chuck is a vastly underrated show. Austin was on that one too for like two seasons. It makes me want to go back yep. and find it and watch it. Um, Cause I, I think I watched it. I don't even remember, but like, yeah, Stacy Keebler was one that in doing my research, that I think was the one name she dated Clooney, dude. I know, yeah. And and obviously it was a way in. Like I didn't um like the other name that surprised me was Ronda Rousey. And the reason why it surprised me was because most of her stuff came before her WWE run. So while right. I knew of her things, I didn't associate it with WWE. Like like I would with all with all the other ones. Um It's what's funny is that you you found like people with like huge acting credits and i had a bunch of like one-offs like terry funk you know over the top yeah like that you do and actually my favorite my favorite cameo of all time uh not even a cameo but just like his one-off the undertaker in suburban commando he is he doesn't go under he goes under mark uh, i think it's under the mark calloway name right but he is one of the two alien bounty hunters sent to hunt down Hulk Hogan in Suburban Commando. And note, we left off Hulk Hogan. Yes. uh, From, from from our list as well. I also had the Miz, uh, but it Mm kind of depends on how you feel about reality television. Because he also did a lot of WWE movies. Yeah. Kevin Nash was one that, that appeared on my list and, and obviously very impressive, of course. Um, yeah, a lot of good stuff. The Great Kali appeared on a lot of my research yep. as well as Goldberg for some stuff that he's yep. done. Um, so a lot of them the same movies too. Like Adam, Adam Sandler had them all in like The Longest Yard. Yeah, if I do recall, I think Goldberg oh, yeah. was in that one. Goldberg, he was in one. Yeah, he was in in one of them. And of course, uh, Chris Jericho. Surprisingly, he's got a lot of those like VH1 shows to his credit. Yep. Um, as he was, he did. I love. He did like I love the '90s yeah. and I love the '80s and all those. Yeah, so he's he's definitely been uh been on that. So I was uh I was happy about you know, happy about that. So yeah. Um and then of course Sean Waltman, I mean he was in One Night in China, which I thought would warrant oh, some inclusion no, on the list, but no. didn't so shame um, on So no, no, not not there, not there whatsoever. No. Okay, I'll do it to myself. Shut your dumb mouth. So now, Patrick O'Dowd, it is time for the second half of the list where we put these in order. So you will go first, I will go second, so on and so forth. So looking at our list, who are you going to make number one? Well, you did you did take the 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 lowest hanging of the fruit, and I think in a year 
the guy I would put number two might come close to to, to passing him with uh, with Peacemaker, but I'm going to go with Batista at number one. Uh, I, and for no other reason than, again, if you would have told me we saw that dude as part of Evolution, that he was going to be anything more than what he is now, and to see that he is considered a bankable lead actor in Hollywood in not just action comedy stuff, but like actually some highbrow thing like Glass Onion, uh, for example, like the next um, Knives Out movie. Mm-hmm. He's he's a big player in that. Ooh, is he? Like, Dude, I love those movies. Yeah, so I'm excited. About um, that. So he'll be he's going to be my first choice. So you said it, and I am going to go with him at number two. Although I considered somebody else, uh, I will put John Cena at number two. And I'm going to put Sasha Banks at number three on the strength of her rising star. Because I think the rocket is firmly strapped to her. Um, and she is going to be, I, she's going to be big time. And I think I want to be able to come back to the show and be like, see what we told you years later. That's fine. Hey, it's, it's, it's our list. We get to put whoever we want, wherever we want. I think some people might put one over the other in the opposite way that I'm going to, but I'm going to make number four. The guy who I think many would say paved the way for wrestlers to go into Hollywood the way they have, and that's Roddy Piper. Excellent choice. Told you to put on the glasses. So great. All right, I'm going to put Edge. Um, Edge is like that rock solid career that, uh, and again, television more than movies. Uh Like, you know, bad money playing movie notwithstanding. his television career has been great. I mean, that was direct to streaming, so it's it's right. more people watch it on a television than anything else. So fair enough. It's what it is. And of course, means- leaving us with number six on our list, but maybe number one in our hearts, the Macho Man Randy Savage of Bonesaw and Voiceover Fame. Congratulations, number one, Dave Batista, number two, John Cena, number three, Sasha Banks, number four, Roddy Piper, number five, Adam Edge Copeland, and number six. The Macho Man Randy Savage. You just made the list! And Patrick O'Dowd, guess what that means? That is going to do it for this week's edition of the Greg DeMarco Show. Combining the two together, we're like an hour and 15 minutes anyway, so we'll stick with that. We appreciate you listening, being a part of this show. Remember, we said it earlier, take out your phone, go on to Twitter, go to the search bar, and search for W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T for the Wrestling Realist Patrick O'Dowd. Give him a follow at Chairshot Greg at Chairshot Media for the Chairshot.com. Sports entertainment, sports entertainment. It's, it's all there. It's all for you. It's the Chairshot.com. The Chairshot.com. The Chairshot.com. Always use your head. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up your very own chair shot t-shirt. Patrick O'Dowd, it's been an hour since I told people to go to IZWWrestling.com or at IZWWrestlingAZ and, and, and pick up, you know, or, and, and go along on and whatever. And I know it has nothing to do with this because the show hasn't actually aired yet. There have been two ticket orders placed since I sent to do that. Um, I get the there alerts on go, my phone. Man. It's very exciting. Front row VIP sold out today and now general admission. It, it's just the weirdest phenomenon that I can't explain. General admission tends to sell late and this time it was selling early and continues to sell early. And they're new – even before we were marketing it, like the commercial 
our guy who does our graphics, and I don't name him because he's on the roster, does a great job with our graphics and also made this commercial. And, and I really like it, and it just went into circulation. It took longer than usual for it to get approved to go into circulation on social media, but it's very well done, and, and I'm super excited to see it out there. So, yeah, I'm excited about November 12th. Pick hey, up your tickets congratulations, if you're man. local and, and have a good time. Steel cage match, false count anywhere match. Obviously not the same match and and so much more. A new champion crown with this 3D Sports Fighting Championship. All there for you at IZW Wrestling. Yeah, who knows? Maybe next week we will go back and do the list of WWE themes. I don't know. We'll find out. It'll be a good time. But Patrick, oh, this God. is a great, a great list. Yeah, if Thank I you. want to do the list of WWE themes, I have a feeling Patrick O'Dowd will, will 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 strongly suggest that I try to narrow it down in terms of uh, in terms of That's time frame. That's a big it list. Is. And and, may, and you're probably right list. in that we should narrow it down in terms of time frame. And I'd be willing to narrow it down in terms of time frames. So. Even because think about that, that's at least four shows. Like even if you just started at the eighties, and even shows. if you just did era, right? Because even though era right. has some gray area to it, I think people associate like if we did attitude era, which I would probably just go with that one first, just for the just for the heck of it. Um, there's so many iconic themes that yeah. that aired. Now you could take like a Shawn Michaels theme song; it spans multiple eras. And, sure. and I would let it count for multiple eras because it's just the list. It's not consequential. It's just fun. And, and it is consequential because it's fun, but that's why that, that's kind of where it sticks. So we'll find out. We'll find out what we do next week because a lot can happen between now and then. It is the world of professional wrestling. Hopefully sure. things go okay for Hangman Page. We will find out more about Absolutely. that. If you're list, but when you're listening to this show, you likely already have You'll more details. More. And we hope those details are, are more positive than people are thinking here on Tuesday night. But until next time, we appreciate you listening. For Patrick O'Dowd, I am Greg DeMarco reminding you to always use your head. God, we'll go this one. ShareShot.com. Always use your head. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, 
demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.